Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Skyler Houtsma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. Those movie review podcasts are a dime a dozen. Here at SMC, we cover everything else about the movies you maybe didn't notice, including their budgets, music, source books, and hell, even the science. This week, I hope you're ready for... I long to fix myself. I want to create a world without weakness. Anyone care to venture a guess just how? Yes. Stem cells? Promising, but the solution I'm thinking of is more... radical. No one? Cross-species genetics. <laughs> person gets Parkinson's when the brain cells that produce dopamine start to disappear. But a zebrafish has the ability to regenerate cells on command. If you could somehow give this ability to the woman you're talking about, that's that. She's she's curing herself. Yeah, you just have to look past the gills on her neck. <laughs> <laughs> and you are? He's one of Midtown Science's best and brightest. Really? He's second in his class. Second. Yeah. You sure about that? I'm pretty sure. The Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, the first one, 2012. I suppose the first one of the reboot. Right. Uh, don't forget Tobey Maguire. Yeah. The well, real Spider-Man. That was not a reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Those are fighting words. <laughs> the middle Spider-Man? The real Spider-Man. Oh, the real Spider-Man. I like that. You can punch me when we're done with this. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, I let's just to. give off some first opinions. Well, well, when we get to the other Spider-Man movies, we'll, we'll compare. Yeah. But let's get let's get some first opinions. Ben, what is your what's your first opinion on Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, I the first time I saw it, I was really bored, and the second time I saw it, which was last night, getting ready for this, I was bored and also drunk, so I didn't finish it. But it was it's all right. Okay, so not yeah. not like a not like a uh, I can't stand this film type. Bored. No, it's 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 better than Dread. Just oh. Oh, like I said, fighting words. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. It, it's 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 better than um yeah, it's better than a lot of movies. But I mean, if I had a choice between it and like uh something, sorry for the vocal fry. I know we're trying to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Um, uh, but yeah, if, if I had a choice between like that and Finding Nemo, I'd be like, yeah, let's do Finding Nemo. You shouldn't be on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Skylar, what did you think of Amazing Spider-Man? All right. Well, uh, if you can get past the fact that you've seen pretty much every narrative element in this movie in previous Spider-Man movies, despite the fact that the poster says the untold story, (laughs) it's a pretty enjoyable movie, actually. And in this case, I think uh, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone are great. Re-siphons, everyone they've gotten for the cast really boost the whole thing and the fact that they treat it as a pretty human affair instead of their main point being well we just need to get spider-man on screen so it's true okay okay i'm going to say that i liked most of the film yes but i do remember a certain moment in the theater when i was sitting next to grant austin and i i whispered to him all the time just throughout the film i'm gonna break that skateboard i'm gonna break it I thought that was so stupid. <laughs> I don't know why. I just like Peter Parker doesn't skateboard. That's not the Peter Parker I like. <laughs> Nerd entitlement. Yeah, well, <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like, this is a new version of Peter Parker. Own up to it, Michael. Understand that. But me, 
like the inner me was like, no, 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 no. None of the versions I knew before had this like hipster esque personality to him that is fresh and new. <laughs> and I don't like it. I got grumpy old man when I was watching it for a little bit. <clears throat> you send ang- you send angry tweets at Donald Glover. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I, a nice move in a different direction from Spider-Man Three. But what did everybody else think? Who put their money into it? Scour, how much money did it take to make this film? Okay, well, it took to make this film two hundred and thirty million. So that's still on the high end. <laughs> and how did that uh, translate to what it got back? Well, uh, iffy, iffy. Joy, Looks joy. like a pretty uh, solid intake, two hundred and sixty-two million domestically. So it 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 broke even in the U.S. True, and that's not even counting how it re- got released in foreign markets. It made almost five hundred million mm-hmm. in foreign markets, so almost twice as much as it did domestically. The typical formula ever since like two thousand eleven, right? So that brought it to a grand total of seven hundred and fifty-seven point nine million worldwide, which. Somehow also registered as a slight failure. A Not, slight failure? A slight disappointment, let, let me... Well, is it being compared to the earnings that Spider-Man 3 brought in? Yes, it is. And Spider-Man 3 brought in mucho bucks. Lots of money. Because... Well, is it, it's still on top, right? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 didn't usurp it. Oh, no, it didn't. Okay, so Spider-Man 3, the probably the worst, understandably, among moviegoers and comic book fans... Mm-hmm. The worst of the the five Spider now Spider Man films has made the most money worldwide. Original oh, Spider Man okay. still holds the domestic. domestic. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, to kind of relativize this whole thing, uh, Amazing Spider Man uh, slightly lower budget than Spider Man three and slightly lower earnings. So okay, it wasn't a big surprise. It didn't break the box office. It didn't underperform tremendously. No, it did ex- mostly what they were expecting. Uh, kind of. It did good money, not Spider-Man money. Oh, uh, that's good. Okay. Yep. Raisin Bran. It was Raisin <laughs> Bran, which is. But it wasn't double. Cr- it wasn't crunchy Raisin Bran. It, it it wasn't. Yeah. With the little vanilla clusters. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know where this metaphor was let's, going, let's but play, I really like it. Let's play a game. Every time I make a really bad metaphor, I have to drink some of this hot sauce. Get no, leave, put that away. <laughs> you don't need that right now. It's so good though. It's not. <laughs> oh. Also, keep in mind this movie came out like two weeks before Dark Knight Rises, so Ooh, that yeah. could probably cut oh, some of its legs off. That doesn't help. No, <laughs> in the whole scheme of things for 2012, it sits at seventh worldwide, and. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to guess about that for domestic. So, Oh, you're guessing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the number right in front of me, but. Mm-hmm. So seventh Worldwide? Yep. So that's, well, that was the same year as Avengers, right? True. Yeah. So you're not going to beat that. No, we're not. So three new characters came about in this film, uh, made their first. They actually, only one character made its film film debut in this movie. Every other character has been in a previous Spider-Man film, but. I say three because two were expanded on much more than they were in Spider-Man 3. First up is Captain Stacy. While he was did appear in Spider-Man 3, I don't know, he had like ten lines. Yeah. That's my daughter. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Pretty much. It's a small-time crook. From... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so Captain Stacy came about... In 1968, Amazing Spider-Man 56, so way pretty near the Genesis. Pretty close near the Genesis, only a few years after. Stanley 
John Ramada Sr. and Don Heck, some big Marvel bullpen people. And Captain Stacy's always been a supportive character, but the thing with Captain Stacy is he was killed very early in the comic books, and he hasn't really come back yet. Um, he hasn't really had a reason to. He was killed by Doc Ock, and the difference being that in this they replaced the Doc Ock death with the lizard death mm-hmm. in The Amazing Spider-Man, but in the film you have what normal fathers would do, and that's, you're a vigilante. You should stay away from my daughter. You're <laughs> yeah. going to get her in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and it's not going to be cool. Or in the comic books, he was so cool with it. When he was dying, his last words were, be good to her. She loves you very much. You put her in mortal danger. <laughs> you do this. <laughs> I sure hope she doesn't meet the same fate I did because I was close to you. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So that's Captain George Stacy in a nutshell played by Dennis Leary in the film, did a great job at adding a lot more to the character than is given in his origins. The second up is Gwen Stacy. Again, Gwen Stacy made her first appearance in Spider-Man 3, the movie, yes. her first movie appearance, with Bryce Dow- Dallas Howard? Yes. Okay. Bryce Dallas Howard played her. Uh, but the comic book character came about in Amazing Spider-Man 31, so even earlier... In 1965, we're getting closer and closer to when Amazing Spider-Man 1 came out, the first Spider-Man standalone appearance. Right. And created by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, the Spider-Man creators. And her big thing is, of course, that she is Spider-Man's, or Peter Parker's first real girlfriend. And one and only true love type thing. And, I mean, she blamed Peter for her father's death, but that didn't last a long time. And then eventually, of course, we see her death by the Green Goblin, and that has stayed with us for a long time. Which they would never try and emulate in any Spider-Man film. Yeah, because it's not rich with emotion and stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, it's sort of why Gwen Stacy is a, uh, a hard character to put in different media, because her, her death is such a pivotal point in comic book history that you introduce this character... You can't get around that everybody's expecting her to die. She's got a time stamp on her from yeah. like the first minute. Mm-hmm. So we're all like, oh, that's great. Uh, enjoy it while it lasts, Peter, because she's going to meet an ugly peril. <laughs> uh, and, but in recent news, actually, it's funded. Again, it's big because Gwen Stacy never came back. She never came back to life in any form other than like clones and stuff. Which? Uh, that's not real. I Which mean, should be swept under the rug. The yes. whole clone thing. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's been risky enough to bring back the real Gwen. But there have been alternate reality versions of her, and Gwen Stacy's actually going to get her own independent comic book, Spider-Gwen. And it's an alternate... <laughs> don't laugh. It's actually really cool. <laughs> All right, you can name. laugh. That's, it's a, yeah, it's I a silly name. It is a silly name. So is Spider-Man, <laughs> when you think about That's it. That's true. Does but, she get the hyphen, too? Uh, probably. Yes. Yes, she does. She oh. has a hyphen. But Spider-Gwen is basically the same thing as Spider-Man, but the gender roles were reversed. So she got bit by the spider, and Peter Parker died on the bridge that day instead of her. Whoa. So when they meet each other in the comic books, it's really kind of a tender moment. That's that's both stupid and neat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really thought it was a really genuine idea. Also, her costume design is amazing. Hmm. I'm just saying, it's like it's like white and fluorescent, and it's so cool. Uh, that's all I have on Gwen Stacy, specifically. And then finally, there's the big one. The big debut, this time, uh, has not appeared in a Spider-Man movie before, kind of. Again, I suppose. We his never alter saw, ego. Yeah, his alter ego been. showed up. Yes. 
where we have the lizard, a.k.a. Dr. Kurt Connors. So you had Dr. Kurt Connors in, was he in all three Spider-Man? Just the second two. Just the He was two made three? mention of in the first one. Okay. But never seen. Okay. So you had him played by Dylan Baker originally. Mm-hmm. And now he's played by Reese Ifans. Reese Ifans, yes. Reese Ifans? Yeah. Okay, that guy. <laughs> uh, the, com- the comic book character came about way back. Amazing Spider-Man number six. Back in the single digits. Let's see. 1963. He's probably about the fourth or fifth Spider-Man villain to ever be introduced. Yeah, well, I think he's actually the first. No, there was Chameleon, then Vulture, oh, right. then uh, Doc Ock, Getting super Sandman, on you all. and then him. Oh, so he's fifth. He's fifth. Good for you, Lizard. Lizard has had a, a just a flippy floppy history because he is the textbook Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde case. Textbook. Literally, I'm a genius, and then I turn feral into this evil lizard monster because I got selfish and I wanted and I pushed my science too far, trying to regrow back my arm. Because originally he lo- he was an army vet and he lost his lost his arm being a combat medic, mm-hmm. and so he splices with lizards who are able to regrow limbs, and then eventually he's like, mm, I think this is good enough. Injects himself, comes a lizard, and it's it's been up and down whether or not comic book writers want to use the lizard persona as nothing but a like a a lizard creature a beast a beast with no brain at all and some who are like we like him being a genius lizard that's just a crazy megalomaniac but also a lizard with everything that comes with that and that's what more what they went for in this yeah in this movie they didn't want the feral creature they wanted the super genius the lizard brain (laughs) yeah And, of course, he is just another set of things on the rap sheet for Spider-Man's guilt trip checklist. Because it's, it's, it's Gwen Stacy, it's Uncle Ben, it's Captain George Stacy, and now it's the lizard. Spider-Man just puts it all on his shoulders. Mm. Because Spider-Man is constantly, throughout the years, lizard has never been permanently cured. Because it would, of course, ruin the appeal of that character. And we have this constant back and forth of, oh no, I've lost control, and Spider-Man needs to change him back. Oh no, I've lost control, and Spider-Man needs to change him back. This happens like 50 times in the last 60 years. So many times. Yeah. Um, that's comic books, guys. I mean, all the other characters that were introduced, Aunt May, Uncle Ben, uh, the Parker parents we talked about in Amazing Spider-Man 2, even though this is their first appearance. Um, but we kind of went into detail with them in that episode. Oh, the the Osborns. they all been we, introduced before. We know that story. Because like, like you said, Skylar, all the narrative elements narrative elements have been done in previous Spider-Man films, minus the lizard. Yeah. He's the only unique aspect of this film. Can I just say as a side note, I'm really missing the snout on the lizard. Yeah. I There was some controversy with that to begin with in giving him a big lizard snout. Yeah. And then they they didn't they just kept a human face. I think they wanted to have more of a likeliness to Reese Fonz. Which, I don't know how much that happened, but... I see it, <laughs> and I see the appeal of the actor wanting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it creates a... It does, also doesn't demonize the character as much. Probably. Because if you make him completely lizard-like... There are no more human elements remaining. 
And I think throughout the film, you're supposed to be somewhat sympathetic towards the lizard Mm -hmm. because he's not all bad. True. But now let's get diggity down to the music of Amazing Spider-Man 2. (sighs) Which movie? Oh, crap. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Yes, I miss not having a music section on Amazing Spider-Man 2 also, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) anyway, music this time is written by James Horner, who's probably best known for giving us that infamously wicked uh, Penny Whistle solo in Titanic. Oh, okay. Yes. He also works with uh, James Cameron a whole lot. He, of course, is taking over for Danny Elfman and Christopher Young from the original trilogy for, I guess you could say, a whole new sound. But as as far as Spider-Man goes, there are certain connective tissues that make it sound familiar enough uh when mark webb hired uh, james horner to do the score he said he wanted you know first and foremost thing he wanted was a hummable theme and (laughs) it is pretty hummable it is pretty hummable so we heard echoes of this in our opening Mm -hmm. and we can also hear this pop up in the track becoming spider-man with the montage of him wouldn't you know it becoming spider-man let's take a listen If you caught it there, you could hear the da 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 da. That's an element of the Spider-Man theme. Yes, that reminded me of I was the beginning part. I was sort of felt like I was listening to an Owl City soundtrack for a moment there. It's a very ethereal sound that type thing. Yeah, that he makes with this soundtrack. Something that puts Horner aside from Zimmer or whoever else has worked on a Spider-Man soundtrack is that. He doesn't necessarily make themes for characters and then adapt those. He makes themes for uh, scenes in the movie. He makes incidental music that can stand alone or reappear in the movie. And it's just as well written and interesting. So Mm. next track is one of the more uh, playful offerings we have here. Rumble in the subway when uh, Peter first discovers his... uh, his new abilities to a not very friendly crowd. One of the things that makes the score to the Amazing Spider-Man soundtrack so 
interesting is that it mixes all these different sounds like you've got this kind of street beat thing that's going on there got ethereal and they all fit really nicely and kind of coexist in this whole world next track's called metamorphosis and this is when uh the newly appointed spider-man is running from the police after apprehending a carjacker And of course, as always, something to note is that I'd say about 90% of Horner's score for this film is pure and simple orchestra, and he still manages to get the kind of booming presence that an orchestra can uh, provide. So Bringing it in. Oh, yes, very much. Uh, last track we have on the docket is Lizard at School, which is probably about the closest thing you'll get to a theme for the lizard, but no less interesting. So good work all around from uh, James Horner on Amazing Spider-Man. And a little disappointed to uh, see that he wasn't coming back. But then again, the feels... <laughs> the replacement was Hans Zimmer. Exactly. And <laughs> the two scores and what they were going for for each movie are very different. So I'd say both fit what they were meant to do for each movie. So Beautiful. All right. Ben? How you doing over there, buddy? I'm doing good. Wonderful. Doing good. Okay. Now, put away your prejudices of this film and just give me some hard, cold movie science on this bad boy. What's your first topic you want to do? Uh, let's talk about uh, the relative strength of a spider and a human, which is one of Peter Parker's things is he has the relative strength of a spider. Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, here's the thing, though. Spiders can only – the only reason spiders can lift like eight times their body weight is their body weight is so small. If you scale the spider up to be the size of a human, A, terrifying, B, <laughs> they could lift about as much as a human. You th- okay. Uh, because this is going to get mathy, but basically your mass is proportional to your height cubed and your strength is proportional to your height squared. So if you scale if you scale a human down, then their mass is going to drop much more quickly than their strength. So, oh my goodness. Um, actually, <laughs> I think we advise all listeners to re-listen to that, and I think you'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do think. That, I don't think that was overly complicated. It it's, just might have went too fast. It's yeah. It's it's a biological law called the. Uh, I think it's called the square cube law or the cube square law. Okay. And if you're interested, you can read more on Wikipedia, like I did. <laughs> uh, and speaking of things I read on Wikipedia while I was drunk instead of watching this movie. Uh, 
we got some numbers on the strength of spider silk. And uh, spider silk is strong. Yes. It's not as strong as everyone makes it out to be. If you have a, a thing of spider silk and you have a thing of high-grade steel, like the same size, the same width, that cable around, they're going to have about the same strength. Can you relativize it to like a fishing pole line? Yeah, if you had a... Yeah, if you had a oh, I don't I don't actually know what the tensile strength of fishing line is. Okay. But if you have a thing as big around of as fishing line of spider silk and the same amount of steel, they're they're gonna be uh about the same strength. It's gonna take as much work to break both of them. So if I'm holding some spider silk, how much like relative like a toaster, could a toaster be tied to the spider silk and not break the silk? No, probably not. I not, mean, that's you too... can you can just like swipe through a, you can like throw a toaster at a spider web and it'll break. Oh yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that makes um, sense. <laughs> the, the reason that uh, that you, you, we say that spider silk is so much stronger than steel is because it's, um, it's a sixth of the density, so it weighs much less. So if you have a cable of steel that weighs so much, and you have a cable of spider silk that weighs the same amount it's going to be much stronger because there's more okay. of it because it's less dense in terms of its toughness how much how much work you have to do to break it it's spider silk is um weaker than carbon fiber spider silk is strong but most of that strength comes from how far it can stretch without breaking okay if you have a length of spider silk you can stretch it up to up to five times its relaxed length before it breaks okay depending on the type of silk because Different spiders produce different, um, different stuff. Um, so, but he, but what he makes is fictional webbing type yeah, stuff, yeah. right? And in the, I don't know what he uses. They the, don't show any technicalities well, there, of that there's stuff. Like, They're like webbing. There's like a magic five second shot of him watching an advertisement for something that Oscorp makes, and it's like we have this high grade synthetic fiber based on spider silk. So technically, it's not real spider silk. It's a synthetic based on spider silk. So who knows what it actually is? Okay. Fictional high-tech corporations are indistinguishable from magic. That's true. Of, of which you steal stuff from. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. You just walk so, right in. No, They need better security is what they need. Oh, my goodness. Rodrigo. <laughs> it's, is that the name of the guy you picked up? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, but what I want to know, Ben, I want to know so bad, is how close are we to being lizard people? I'm not a geneticist or even a biologist, so I don't really know. Uh. Um, I, I do know that growing limbs is something that probably is doable. I don't think you would genetically manipulate someone to do it. Uh, you can use uh, stem cells to do basically the same thing. Is animal splicing, like animal gene splicing with animals, is that even like a thing in modern science? I don't think so. Yeah, because that's what I thought. I don't think anybody – It's it doesn't like, work, right? It would be exceedingly difficult. Most species of lizards don't even have the same number of chromosomes as humans, so their like, genetic structure, while it's all DNA, it's pretty fundamentally different in other, okay. in other ways. Because so, that's what I really wanted to know because that's, that's Connor's claim to fame is that we can mix with animals, and yeah. so that sort of leads to – all the different characters that are supposed to be coming out of the Spider-Man verse, the the Vulture, Vermin, Rhino, all yeah. these characters, and they're supposed to be mixing with animals. I mean, th- there's no there's no human Rhino crossbreed because if you tried to inseminate a Rhino, like the the, 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 the it would not create a viable fetus. <laughs> just <laughs> okay. just like the, the, the just totally genetically incompatible. But I mean, if you take specific genes from 
one species and slice them into the other. I guess that would work. That's how they make like those ligers and stuff like that. Well, no, ligers can actually occur naturally because um, oh, okay. tigers and lions are closely enough that uh, you can just they can fornicate. Do have then... we have we? Okay, we got it. <laughs> okay. We got the picture. Okay, but have we made like a, a cross? Like taking some genetic material out of one animal and putting it into another and made can, a completely new species type thing? Not a completely new species, but you can take the genetic, the the pieces of the DNA that make jellyfish bioluminescent, splice them into a cat, and then their face will glow. What? Yeah, there are bioluminescent kittens, and they're freaky. Oh. No way! That's, but, uh, that's so cool! So, yeah, it, I guess it is a thing that happens. Okay. Now that right. I think about it. What's new, pussycat? Ah, <laughs> uh, my face glows. <laughs> uh, uh, we need to stop singing. We made that promise. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> Apologies, everyone. Wait, when did we promise that? <laughs> on Facebook. On Facebook. Oh. <laughs> now, what do you have to say on liquid nitrogen? <laughs> he really wants to know about liquid nitrogen. I do. What, like, what about it? I didn't see the second half of this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, he so. didn't even see the liquid nitrogen scene. First of all, what's liquid nitrogen doing on a roof in plain sight? Um, you can buy liquid nitrogen. Okay. So if yeah. it explodes on you, does your hand freeze um, into like an icicle? Well, okay. You have a thermos of liquid nitrogen. You have your hand. You dip your hand in. If you pull it out fast enough, your hand is totally unharmed yeah. oh. because your hand will literally form a little barrier of because air. of, yeah, of, of nitrogen gas because your hand is so hot relative to the liquid nitrogen. Okay. You, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you're spra- so what happened? He sprayed it in his he, face, right? Yeah, he like sprayed it on him, sprayed it on his hand, and his hand just like... Yeah, turned into just ice and shattered. Yep. Mm, no. No? That's nope. not how that works? Nope. Okay. <laughs> you can't spray liquid nitrogen on things and then they just become icicles? No, they don't just become icicles. Okay. What I happens mean, to them? Like, you have like the classic demonstration of like dipping a tennis ball into a thermos and like throwing it at the ground. But you have to like leave it in there for a while until it So he'd gets. have to actually spray his hand for like an hour. You'd have yeah, you'd He's have to submerged in it. You have to submerge your hand for a while. And he's a big lizard too, but he's cold blooded. Wait, no, it's it's a mix. We don't know. Everything, problem. yeah, everything that the lizard does is out of the window because he's a super brain genius now. Because <laughs> he gained super genius powers while being the lizard. Okay. That's enough science. Whew, I'm excited. Yeah. That was that was riveting, Ben. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Goodness. That was a lot of good stuff. Fun facts. Fun, Fun facts. facts. I don't have any written down. Oh, yeah, me too. Well. Sky, what do you have for fun facts on this film? Uh, I just know that while this film was being made, they utilized uh, viral marketing a lot. You know, hidden websites. Go find the trailer. Go find a new clip of this. And there that weird thing where they, like, had the, the, the painting of the... The spider everywhere. Yeah, they have the spider symbol like painted around cities and stuff like that. So th- they took a pretty big page out of Dark Knight's book. So did Dark? Oh, Dark Knight put the Batman symbol everywhere. Uh, not necessarily they did that. A lot of like viral marketing stuff, like, like I believe in Harvey Dent pins. Yeah, stuff like that, yeah. or you know, go help the Joker with his latest crime, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Augmented okay. reality games, I believe they're called. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was looking at a long list of fun facts for this movie, and all of them were just not interesting. <laughs> not very fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Here's here's perspective. The biggest fun fact I found: fifty six suits were made for this film. Oh. That seemed like Ooh. a lot to me. It seemed like a lot of spider suits. A lot of Spider Man suits. Yeah. Oh, oh! I got two things. One, this was 
I believe, the first Spider-Man movie where they tried to do most of the web swinging practically oh. with like wires and stuff like that. As, it, that's especially true for the the scene where he's running from the cops and smacks into the bus and all that fun stuff. Okay. That was all done practically. So With high-grade steel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's spider silk. So actually, no, if they used high-grade steel, it would stretch way less than spider silk. Oh. You tried doing that with spider silk, it'd be like, oh, no, oh, no, it's stretching, and then you hit the ground, <laughs> break your legs. Cause... Well, no, you're spider strong. You're cool. No, you're, well, I just said if you're spider strong, you're just as strong as a normal person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, we're getting too real. Yeah. <laughs> but then for the scenes where, like, you know, he's trying to get to Oscorp and all that stuff, pretty sure that was CGI. Okay. Although it's uh, surprisingly real-looking CGI, probably the realest of all the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> they got they got Iggy Azalea to do the <laughs> to do the CGI to, as director of director of visual effects. Oh jeez. <laughs> that was the funniest joke I've made all day. <laughs> Everybody saw it coming a mile away, Ben. And then finally, in the casting phase of this movie, there was a, a time when the part of the lizard came down to either Reese Ifans, who as we know got it, or Michael Fassbender, who had to choose between this or a little movie called X-Men First Class. And the rest is history. There was also that thing with Donald Glover. That was kind of fun. Yes. Yeah. We'll get to that okay. in our next segment. Brand new because we are out of speculation for films. Yes. No more spec. No more films we do no longer have elements of speculation. They're, they're too far in the past. It's only been two years. And films are already too far in the past for us to think that they're ever going to get another film. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like that. So instead of having Babel, which we've had on a couple shows because we didn't really couldn't think of a new segment, mm. <laughs> we just talked about it. Um, a brand new segment is because of this movie. Elements that we think are either comedically or realistically tied directly to the making, producing of this film. So, first of all, the big obvious one, because of this movie, we now have the power couple Garstone or... Stonefield? Stonefield? Stone Stonefield. Yes. I don't does Hollywood have one? Like do the tabloids have a name for the I, Emma Stone Andrew Garfield relationship? I don't believe so, but Stonefield. I want my cut when they start using that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um I believe they didn't start dating until this the, movie? Pretty much during production of this movie. Mm, and what great chemistry we have been given because of that. Sometimes the real thing works out best. Yes, it does. Uh, not in uh, Geely, though. I, I refuse to acknowledge <laughs> that film. All right. So because yep. of this movie, Ben. Okay, uh, I got one. Um, Donald Glover got a funny joke for his stand-up because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a thing where uh, he like tweeted like, hey, I could play Spider-Man. And then people, like, thought that this was a big deal, and so there were, like, people being like, yeah, Donald Glover's for Spider-Man. And there were people like, no, nah, man, Spider-Man can't be black. I'm racist. <laughs> what a- well, I'm purist. Uh, well, <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it was racist. I think it was purist. It's people who don't believe that anything should alter from their perception of the character. Oh, I don't think it was a, a it was a black people shouldn't be superheroes thing, because otherwise we would have gotten way more flack for Storm. I haven't seen... X Men X-Men movies. I saw there are like of, eight of them. I saw Days of Future Past. I really like that. Okay. <laughs> oh, so and and X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> so you saw the best and the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, everything else is in between, Ben. <laughs> okay. Well, 
But, yeah, I guess then. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. What was the one where it was like just the Wolverine? Yeah. Where it's it's called the Wolverine. Okay, yeah, yeah. I saw that one too. Oh, my goodness. So you have seen almost half of them. I've seen three. <laughs> almost <laughs> half. half of them. Uh, yeah, the Donald Glover thing is it was just he wanted to try out, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and that was the controversy of like, why don't you just let him try out? Did he even get to try out? No. No. Sony never It was just a thing on Twitter. He was never seriously considered by... Yeah, or he never even really was that upset. He never even really cared about actually getting the part. It was 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 just just a crazy explosion of people who were... It was was just a flame war for and against. But there's a little interesting... There's a black Spider-Man in the comic books, in the ultimate line. He's Latino and, and black. Yeah, and Donald Glover did go on to voice... One of the Spider-Mans in one of the Spider-Man animated series. He did? Yeah. Which one? I forget which one. I just saw a clip of it. What? Probably Miles Morales in yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. That was, that's the alter ego that of the, the Latino black one. Okay, That's cool. who we're talking about. Yeah. Wow. That's a fun spin. Donald Glover got his wish. He yes, got he his. <laughs> he got his comeuppets in a good way. Yeah. All right. Because of this movie, we now know that... Andrew Garfield's perfect poofy hair will stay completely intact when you put a skin-tight mask over his face. <laughs> movie magic at its finest. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because of this movie, sunglasses can help you put over cloth and you can still see just fine. <laughs> Wasn't it literally sunglasses? Sunglasses yep. over a root suit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's what those are called, right? A root suit? I think so. Like, think it it's just suit? like a full body spandex thing that go, even covers your head and stuff. Might yeah. be a zoot suit. The zoot suits are like, it's from swing dancing. Yeah. I don't mean a thing they're the, they're the, if you ain't got this one. It's the like, problem is not to sing again. I can't help it. It's, it's like in the, my blood. It's like the male version of flapper dresses. Okay. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is the 20s. <laughs> 20s, man. Things were weird. It's about to be the 20s again. Can you believe that? Oh, no. Has anybody else got any because of this movies? Because of this movie, pretty apparent now that even a military-grade poison dispersal machine and its subsequent antidote can't make New York City smell any worse. Yes, Ben? Because of this movie, like, heavy-handed puberty imagery reached an all-time high. I don't know if it was an all-time high, but it was certainly in the top ten. <laughs> because of this movie, we know it's okay to take a photo of a girl unknowingly from yards away, only as long as you two are very good looking. <laughs> It'll be seen as cute. Yes. <laughs> and not stalker material. Right. <laughs> it was, wasn't it his desktop photo? Like his yeah. background photo was her face? That's so weird. And like they had not <laughs> spoken before to each other? Pretty much. It's, yeah. Oh, man. It speaks for itself. Because of this movie, I got drunk alone on a Wednesday night. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best one. (laughs) 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 Any more because of this movies? I think we're tapped out. But I'd really, yeah, I, I really like this I new got. segment, guys. <laughs> I really, really like it. I, I like how it. we started with like you know actual things that happened because of the film, and then it got a little personal <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Oh. All right, superhero movie club is recorded and produced in the studios of KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota. Find this podcast online at superheromovieclub.podbean.com or subscribe on iTunes. Next show's topic is. 
the Avengers. Before we go, I forgot to add to our outline that we should mention we're on Facebook, Superhero Movie Club Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Get all the fun updates. We're going to be releasing some fun videos soon. Also, feel free to give us another review on iTunes because we can never get enough of those. They're the ultimate appraisal that you can give to us besides like sending a cake through the mail. Because I would love, <laughs> I'd love a cake through the mail. Let's not kid ourselves. All right, so that'll do it today. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Maurer. Uh, James Skyler Houtsma. And Ben Anderson. <laughs> I hope you all have a super week.